Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. The art of resiliency, bouncing back. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, we dive into the book, The Complete Leader, and we take a look at one of the 25 competencies. So if you are reading along with the podcast, today we're going to talk about resiliency. And resiliency is, is the ability that allows a person to quickly recover from adversity and not quit when he or she encounters difficulties. So we're going to talk to Mindy Bortness. Mindy's company is Communication Works called eHarmony for Jobs. Mindy, uh, Mindy's specialty is helping clients reduce turnover by as much as 40%. She's one of the complete leader faculty. And Mindy, so good to be with you today. Thank you, Dale. I'm honored and, and happy to be here with you and your audience. So we're going to we're gonna dive in and uh, just uh, Mindy has been on the podcast before, but in case you missed it, Mindy loves dogs, correct? And, uh, correct. And how many do you have? Uh, we have three. We have three dogs. Our latest one was a, of unknown origin and we rescued him about a year and a half ago. His name is David. So tell us the story of David. How did you find David? Uh, we found David. Um, we actually were fostering him for a church event where you take animals out of the shelter and keep them in your home for about a week or so to normalize them so they're not going straight from a shelter to uh, an adoption event. And uh, we did that with David. We asked for the biggest dog they have, and we got this little scrawny 25-pounder. And um he did not get adopted and he was not going to go back to the shelter. So we took him home. We marketed him for a little bit half-heartedly and he ended up being ours. <laughs> mm, and now there to stay. Yes. Yeah, so we call it a failed foster. And that's a good thing. <laughs> a very good thing. Okay. <laughs> so our topic today, resiliency, it sounds like David has probably shown some resiliency as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's a that's a great observation, and it's it's fascinating, and, and actually a really great lesson, Dale, on how quickly animals can convert, react, and just get on a positive, uh, optimistic vibe. Mm. So let's let's hear your story first. How yeah, did, I, how you did know, you learn resiliency? I wanted to resiliency. share a little story because um, I come from corporate America. I've I've had uh, communication works incorporated for the last 15 years, uh, but have a good 20 years in invested in corporate America before that media, ad agencies, internet, et cetera. And one particular challenge I had in resiliency was in a media organization. And I had been there about 10 years Loved my job. They were amazing at investing in us. And I slowly ticked up the corporate ladder, if you will, the very normal stair step moves. And at one point, after about the 10 year mark, they brought in a new general manager from Florida. So from Florida to California. And, and as it would be, and as it is quite often, that person who comes in, they bring their own people. It's just the way things are, and I had ambition to move up. I was high enough in the organization to be noticed, but not high enough to be let go, you know, where they kind of come in and sweep everybody out. 
And so the new general manager brought in a new head of uh, marketing. And that was a struggle for me. It was, I had to take a deep breath and realize, okay, the world in the next chapter as I had envisioned it was no longer going to be like that. What kind of time frame are we talking about that this from the time that the person arrived, made the changes, you had the realization. Let's dive deep into that timeline and, and how you process that information. I was at about my 10 years there, and this new gentleman came in, uh, again, from Florida. And honestly, Dale, it was pretty quick that I thought, okay, this isn't going to be a fit for me anymore. So within a couple of weeks of him arriving, the new marketing director arriving, uh, I approached with grace and said, you know, it's your team and I'm going to start hunting for a job and congrats. And I wish it were different, but you're here. And so I tried to be gracious about it. And he was even more gracious and said, will you please stay on for a while? Will you please stay on for a year or two? So that was it. So th that conversation happened very quickly, but then it was this 18 month process of slowly letting go, slowly releasing the team, wanting to be supportive of him, extremely different leadership styles, extremely different behavioral styles, different cultures. Let's so talk that was tricky. Okay. But let's talk about why did he want you to stay? He wanted me to stay because I knew everything. You know, I had been there 10 years. I had the relationships and he knew that the handoff would be better if I was still there and handing it off to him. So it was actually very smart and it was good for me because I, you know, I was ready to sort of just take off at that moment. So that's why he, he just knew that for the organization, it was probably better to have the two of us there for a while. Okay. I heard somebody give the analogy, uh, when you burn a bridge, the smoke can be seen for miles. And so I, I wanted to dive into the fact that you did not burn bridges, that uh, as a matter of fact, you built relationships, even though it was difficult. And that's, that's part of being resilient. It really is. And I appreciate you noting that. I am not a, a bridge burner by nature. Uh, I am optimistic, which I think helps with that resiliency side. And I loved my job. I, I loved what I did. And so, you know, I was happy to help keep that moving. I will say being human, there were times where because the team was a little bit more my style than him, I could have really taken advantage of that. And I sort of had to bite my tongue more than once to be better than that and be stronger and self-correct. But that wasn't always easy. You it's, applied it's, a personal filter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's not always easy. <laughs> no. I'm thinking as, as you talk through, and the reason I asked for the timeline, was there a stages of grief process at play? Because you had built up in your mind that this is, I love this job. I see a future for me. And then there was a change. And all of a sudden that dream was no longer viable. Yes. Yeah, so it did start out with shock, which is probably another reason why I was like, okay, fine. You know what? I'll just move on right away. So that was still in the shock phase. And I don't really get angry. So I can't tell you that I got in an angry phase. It, it usually goes straight to either fear or pain for me. I don't really have the mask of anger too much. 
So I went from shock to, uh, I would say, in thinking it through, probably the pain side. Just I was sad. You know, I, I, I had to find the silver lining in the sadness. Hmm. Anything else you want to add about the story that would, that would help people? Just that um, the work that I did with my team at the time and the work I do today, it, it is important to know that you're a great person and it can be a great job and it may just lo- no longer be the right fit. And we need to be okay with that. And too often what we do is we either make the organization bad or the leader bad or the culture bad or vice versa. The culture makes the person bad and we, we're so glad we got rid of them. So a lot of times it's a great human and a great job and it's no longer the right fit. And so that, that was my own self-counsel. And I feel like I did leave with grace. I did leave at about the 18 month mark. And I, you know, you always go on to bigger and better if that's your choice. So now we're going to transition into talking about how resiliency is learned and break down this concept uh, through the complete leader about uh, resiliency and the process that you go through and, and basically the principles. So number one is failure equals learning. In that 18 months, I heard you say that you probably learned a lot about yourself and about how to navigate that process. What else did you learn? I learned about uh, different ways to get to a result. It didn't always have to be my way. I learned that a new culture could take over and just be different, not better or worse. And I learned that you can gracefully allow your team to move on to their next right path. Hmm. Another way that resiliency is learned is you see yourself as a survivor and not a victim. And you mentioned the fact that you approach life with a sense of optimism. And and you saw that at any point, did you have to mentally make a transition from being a victim to a, to a survivor? I know that's common, that that is not something that happens to me. I do understand perspective. So I did not fall into that. And I think it's because in my leadership training in this company, I had already learned that that's common. It's not unheard of. People shouldn't feel bad if that's where they go, but that's not going to solve anything. Mm. It's not going to help you if you stay in that mode. So if you were advising someone who was going through what you went through and found themselves thinking to themselves, which is probably human nature and natural that I'm a victim in this, how would you coach them through through that victim stage into seeing themselves as a survivor? So when you're a victim, you give up your power. If you're in that sort of situation where they bring in a different leader or you get passed over or, you know, something doesn't happen your way, if that is your tendency to say, woe is me, you're really giving your power to that other person and that other person's probably not even thinking about you. So you're wasting a lot of time and energy in your life here on earth in a a negative spiral, that's not going to do you any good. And the only one you're actually hurting is yourself. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would work with them on how you pull yourself up out of that and how you see yourself and, and how it's serving you. How is being a victim serving you? Helping you achieve what you want and need in life. Next uh, item out of the complete leader on learning resiliency is don't let one event hijack your whole life. 
So you had other aspects of your life that were still going on. Let's talk about that period that you went through and, and how you didn't let it hijack your life. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, I love that part of the book because so often people make things defining moments. So hijack your life or making it your defining moment. We have a lot of defining moments, right? So you have a, a surrounding yourself with your family. You had, for me in particular, I had an amazing team to work work with. I still had great projects to work on. I had dogs, you know. <laughs> so you have all these wonderful aspects of who you are, and and the the pieces that define your life are are multiple. There, there's not just one. And then stay flexible. And I really heard this as you talked through the process and the fact that that new marketing director came to you and said, would you stay 18 months when you had made the plan to leave? You stayed flexible. What, how did that benefit you? I think Gumby has to be your middle name, right? You know, you, you have to think about being flexible. You have to realize that's going to grow you. It's going to grow the people around you. And through that sadness or through that pain, comes power. And through that pain, through that sadness comes a silver lining. And, and focusing on that is going to always benefit you. I had, I had a leader there who talked about the bus going by and get on the bus. You got to get on the bus. So being flexible and being resilient is realizing that there's forward momentum going on. And so if you cross your arms and dig your heels in, the bus is going to pass you by. And then one of the final ways that we learn resiliency through The Complete Leader is use your support network. What kind of support network did you have around you at this time? I had my spouse. I had my children who were little people. So that, that'll always refocus you. I had uh, family back in Illinois. I had a great team. I had great pe people around me through this whole thing. So surrounding yourself with other people who know you and love you. And, and if you have a bad day or a bad hour, it's okay. What was the impact uh, going back to this, specifically the story? I don't know if you can remember anything specific about a conversation you had with your husband or just shutting everything off and focusing on the kids uh, as you were working through this process of making a decision whether you're going to stay or whether you go, and then you, you say, I'm going to go and, and are asked to stay another 18 months. Can you pinpoint something specific about relying on your support network during that time? I think for me, it was about the perspective, receiving the perspective from other people as well. When we're going through a difficulty or an ad recovering from an adversity and we're in the middle of that adversary, adversity, it's like a big wave. And that wave is 20 feet tall and it's a tsunami and it's right in front of us. And so having perspective by visualizing your life in a timeline, like looking back six months and saying, okay, there was something else I was dealing with back then, but now it's not so big, it's not so scary, it's not so hairy. And then if I look from that moment forward six months, I knew that I'd be breathing again. I knew that this too shall pass. I'm going to be okay. Who knows? I may even get a better job out there. So, so having that optimism, having that trust that with time, the big scary wave that's in front of you is going to dissipate and it's just going to be a little, you know, just sort of a little lap on the shores. Thank you for letting us dive into that specific story and learn about resiliency. Now, uh, I'm going to turn the time over to you to 
challenge our listeners with uh, a few very action-oriented uh, tips or, or well, challenges on uh, what we can do to grow resilience? I would say, first of all, to our listeners, the the idea that I just shared. If you visualize your life on a timeline and realize that six months ago you went through something and now it's gone, and six months from now there'll be something else. So really sort of stepping back and stepping out of it. Another lesson from that is to pass the the test of six hours, six months, six years, you can ask yourself, is this thing going to matter to me? Is this issue going to matter to me six hours from now? It might. Is it going to matter to me six months from now? Uh, Maybe it's still, I'm going to be talking about it. How about six years from now? Not a chance. So those three little sort of check-ins are very productive for understanding the emotion you should put into whatever situation you're facing right now. There's one more thing I know that's on your list that's really important for people to do. The writing? Yes. Journaling? Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of journaling. I'm not the only one. Many of you are out there. Writing down your thoughts matters. Being contemplative, whether it's in prayer or meditation, writing down your thoughts will help you with your emotional intelligence, help you with your self-awareness, help you regulate through a difficult time and help you bounce back with a smile. And it's a powerful tool if you're facing something really difficult right now. And uh, I find, you know, use me as an example. I find that it's really hard for me to look around and see other things that are going on because I am myopically focused on this challenge in my life right now. If I can go to my journal and I can flip back six months ago and take a look at what was happening then and how I've gotten over it since, it really helps bring the perspective uh, based on those first two challenges that you gave us. Uh, the journal is a great way to go back in time, so to speak, and find out what was going on long ago that you've forgotten about. And, and you read it and you say, oh my gosh, I'd completely forgotten, but that's what was consuming me back then. This doesn't seem so bad. There. In there, I can find new resiliency. Yeah. And it's, and you have, I have a smile as you're talking because it's amazing how it does dissipate. And you realize, wow, why did I make that bigger than it was? Why did I make it mean so much when it really wasn't that big of a deal? Or conversely, and another option for our listeners is if it is a big deal, there's a great Rodney Atkins song. He's a, he's a country singer. And it's, it's basically, if you're going through hell, keep on going, you know, don't slow down. If you're scared, don't show it, you know, just try to get through it. So, you know, I'm not trying to minimize that things happen in our life that are, that are big and they're bad. So how do we get through it? Just face it because the more we try to ignore it, that can also sort of bounce back in a bad way. So important to deal with it here and now, and there are healthy ways to do it. And uh, you've just led us through a number of ways. Resiliency, one of the 25 components of The Complete Leader. You can find it in the book. Mindy, thank you so much uh, for sharing your story and sharing some insight about this important competency in The Complete Leader. Thank you, Dale. It was my pleasure. Mm. If folks uh, want to reach out to Mindy, her contact information is in the show notes of this episode. You can find her at communicationworksinc.com. All one word, communicationworksinc.com. Mindy, thanks again for your time. 
This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Practice resiliency. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.